This is Give Me Some Truth. This podcast features appearances from Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and myself, Mitch DeWitt, from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. Here are your hosts. Another installment of Give Me Some Truth. Today we are going to talk about some of the nuanced titles in our industry. I know it sounds super exciting, but uh, the the truth of the matter is these titles get thrown around a lot in the industry, and we get a lot of questions from people wondering what does advisor versus planner versus independent versus broker dealer versus 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 what does this all mean? So, Clint, why don't you talk just a little bit about kind of why we uh, decided to, to tackle this topic today? Yeah, so I handle all of the uh, the marketing. It's one of the things that I'm tasked with here. And uh, we do a little bit of uh, Google AdWords Express, um, something that I'm learning. I'm not an expert of it in any way, shape, or form, but uh, we do a few ads out there. And what we looked at was we can see the clicks on the ads. And we were trying to find keywords on that. And so when we looked down at some of them, uh, we were a bit surprised because in our industry, we just think of, uh, you know, we're Walkner Con and financial advisors. And there's also, you know, financial planners or wealth management, uh, you know. But there were a few of them that kind of stood out to us that uh, that were very interesting as far as what people are typing in. Um, so, you know, in our industry, we could talk a bit about what kind of the the creme de la creme is for title, uh, which would be when we have one of the guys in our office and another guy that's studying for it. But um, so they are certified. Uh, Jonathan Jordan is a certified financial planner or a CFP. And so what that means is that he's taken a test uh, of which, Mitch, how many modules are there in there? Well, there's six in the training one that I'm doing, but you have to ultimately sit for the main you have to sit for the test, so to speak, to actually earn your credentials. And what does that test involve? Do you know what that what that all involves? Is it multiple? Is it is it one day or multiple days or do you? Yeah, know? it's it's a solid half day. It sounds okay. like so yeah. you build up, you take all these practice tests on your way and and pass this curriculum. Right, it's almost a master's level program. And you go through a curriculum, and then after that, you are able to sit for the test. You sit for this, we'll call it a half-day test. And then after that, assuming you get the required score, you then are considered a CFP. Yeah, and then you have to do some, I know there's some uh, requirement for experience and stuff like that before you Correct. can actually like hang the title right on, your, on yourself. So um, the CFP, and they're very specific about what you say, so... Uh, it was interesting when we looked at the uh, Google AdWords. Somebody said "certified financial advisor," which, which actually, uh, it really doesn't doesn't mean much. Uh, there's chartered financial analyst, which is a CFA, which is another title um, that's very difficult to get. That's more on the asset management side, where a CFP is more of a planner. So those are kind of the nuances between the two of those. So CFAs um, would be 
investment manager, that test is very difficult as well. There is no such thing really as a certified financial advisor. So if anybody's calling them that, uh, their compliance department should be getting a call because uh, I, I don't believe you could call yourself a certified financial advisor under any way, shape, or form. And that was one thing I thought was interesting, and I'm glad you brought up the chartered financial analysts because there are offices that have planning, that that's their core business, that they might have some CFAs on staff. So I wonder if it's part of an education thing where, yes, there could be a CFA at your financial advisor's office, but it doesn't stand for the certified financial advisor like the Google search would indicate. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and so let's break it down too. Uh, one of the most common titles that we can see in our industry is um, financial advisor. And we call ourselves financial advisors uh, in this office. Um, it may or may not mean that we are CFPs. Um, the three of us are not CFPs in this uh, podcast room right now, Mitch, Nate, and myself. Um, that means we, we have not taken the test. Uh, Mitch is uh, planning on studying for the test. Uh, Nate and I have really, really no desire to study for the test uh, because <laughs> we've treated our experience as our own, uh, our own CFP experience, uh, and we just don't feel like taking tests anymore. Uh, I guess that's what uh, owners of firms can decide to do, and people can decide whether or not they want to hire us uh, as a result of not being CFPs. But um, you know, as far as financial advisors go, uh, you know, there is really no requirements around our industry of our experience aside from taking a couple tests. Um, and they're not as, as thorough as the CFP, Nate, correct? Well, they're not. And I think that's what leads to a lot of frustration within our industry and frustration primarily from um, the general public just saying, you know, kind of the, um, you know, I just want to work with somebody that's competent and knows what they're doing. How do I define that? And unfortunately, our industry has done a really poor job of defining that. Um, you know, generally speaking, if you are dealing with a nurse, you're dealing with a nurse, right? If you're dealing with a uh, certified public accountant, you're dealing with a CPA, right? But in a financial planning world, there's nothing that really kind of defines somebody as an advisor. As Clint said, you can uh, take a, a couple exams and lo and behold, you are an advisor. And what's scary about that is you don't actually even need to take, um, you know, that level of exam to even hold yourself out as an advisor, you can really kind of skirt the edge and sell some uh, products that look and feel like investment products where all you need is a life insurance license. So uh, it's more of a cautionary tale to people that are listening to this to say, if you are dealing with somebody and you're not sure of kind of their credentials or, or you're not quite sure if they are, uh, you know, the right fit for you, uh, there are different resources that we can look at. Clint, what are a couple of those resources for people to be able to take a look at? Um, well, you can look at the, the FINRA.org uh, website, which is the broker check website, um, and it allows you to take a look at what exams that they've, uh, that they've taken. Uh, you can also look at the um, CFP uh, website as well, and you can do a search and make sure and assure that they are a uh, CFP. Incidentally, I, I uh, saw this um, the CFP board is actually going to start doing something with the blockchain, which this this still I don't I don't quite quite get how the blockchain works, or I, sometimes I I can't call it the blockchain because that's saying like the Apple phone phone I gotta say like blockchain in general. Am I right on that? Mitch? Wasn't Facebook originally called the Facebook? I <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. Or is that just what my grandma calls it? I <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. I think both of those are true. Yeah. I think both okay. Of those all right. So the blockchain. Um, no, they're going to go on there and they're going to log essentially all the CFPs on 
blockchain and uh and and it's some sort of stamp of approval on there i don't know exactly how they're all doing it. it's really interesting um but wh- i incidentally i i i checked jonathan on the cfp website because uh jonathan is is about we're going to announce this week that he's about to become a partner and so you know i wanted to make sure that that our partner that we're bringing on here is, is a legit cfp and is actually taking the exam uh, it so puts us at a slight amount of liability if we call him that and he's not. Yeah, so it, that, yeah, that, that's a, lot. a little oh, bit of yeah. a concern for the firm. So, so I typed it in. I typed it in three times, and and he didn't come up, and it just freaked me out. And then I realized that the CFP put it on there in such an odd way. They put um, it was last name then first name. So I was typing in his name backwards, and so I was typing in Jordan Jonathan. And so if anybody's working with a Jordan Jordan Jonathan that's holding themselves out as a CFP, <laughs> that person is lying. Totally not. <laughs> totally not. I was very. I was totally freaked out, and uh, now now I found out. I typed it in right, and he is indeed Nate, a CFP. So you know, that's funny. Good thing to know. Incorrectly, you know, it, it, it comes out correct. Yeah. So you can go on the CFP uh, board website and type in Jonathan Jordan's name properly and find out that he is indeed a CFP. So I'm happy to hear about that. Uh, Finra is a good resource as well, um, where you can just check up things. You can also check up disciplinary history, which I think is really important. Um, you know, if your financial advisor had a bankruptcy, um, it will be on there. Uh, nobody in this office does, but uh, you know, it's just a situation where. Uh, if you wanted to know that about your advisor or a particular, if there are complaints against the advisor, uh, it's all logged there. Uh, so those are, those are really interesting resources. The thing to muddy the water, too, that I really like is that a financial planner is a viable title in most institutions, but they're not a certified financial planner. So unless right. they're actually taking the CFP test. So and I we were able to call ourselves this. Like back when we worked at UW Credit Union, we could call ourselves financial planners and we did. And you know, there was no real downside to, to doing it, but there's been some talk in our industry about reforming that. And Nate and I, when we actually opened our own firm, we switched our titles back to financial advisor because we just felt like it was it was more applicable to who what we could call ourselves. I just think it it it's fairer to call ourselves that. And if you wanted to call yourself something a little different, you could call yourself an investment advisor representative. Um, and if you work for a different institution, you might call yourself a registered representative too. So there's all kinds of different titles that we can call ourselves. Um, I know, I think back at UW, they call themselves financial consultants, don't they, or something? I, I think it's... Uh, at least at one point they did, and they might still. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's all these different things. And what does it mean? Uh, not much, <laughs> right? I, I, you know, what... Instead of looking at titles, I think you got to, you have to, unfortunately, you have to dig deeper because you can't just make the assumptive, uh, make the assumption that all of a sudden somebody is an RN or somebody's a CFP or somebody's a CFA or, you know, CPA and that they have a, a level of experience. If they literally call themselves a financial advisor, you should really look at their experience and check them up on broker check and, you know, do a little bit more background check and interview that person before you go give them all your money. Yeah, I think ultimately what we're trying to get across in, in this podcast is that you have to be careful with this, these titles because, um, you know, our, our industry is as, as involved and as interested in marketing as any other industry, right? And so if there's a different way to kind of creatively, quote, market yourself as an advisor, this industry is going to figure out a way to do it. And so just because somebody has a snappy title or a creative title or, oh, I've not heard that before, that must mean that they're somehow better than somebody else. Uh, that's not the case. So you have to dig deeper than that. And unfortunately, until we get some some better standards in this industry in terms of who can call themselves what, um, you always have to, as, as, as we kind of use as a rule of thumb, you always got to follow the money, right? I mean, it's been said before, it'll be said again, but where are the conflicts of interest? 
where is the the push uh, on the person that's advising you by way of direction, by way of advice, by way of what they're suggesting to you? Uh, don't go off of titles. Go off of um, you know, does this does this kind of arrangement that this advisor's in does it seem conflicted? Does it seem like they're serving more than one master? Does it seem like they have um, not my full interest? Um, you know, in in, uh, in at heart by law, uh, then you need to ask questions, and that's that's really why we preach that so much to our clients is that independent RIA registered investment uh, advisory firms, in our opinion, are the best way to go because they are held to the highest standard in the industry, uh, and that that will um, kind of supersede any title that that exists on somebody's business card. Yeah, can you you were mentioning just. Go through a little bit more about what independent actually means versus, uh, you know, something that's more captive, I would say, or somebody that's quasi-independent. I mean, Mitch used to work at an organization that, that was was not that was independent. not independent, right? That's correct. So, so when I was at Merrill Lynch, we were ultimately owned by Bank of America and large publicly traded company, and the broker dealer and investment advisor is all kind of part of one large organization, right? And in this setup that we are in now at Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, the custodian, aka TD Ameritrade, so for those clients that are listening out there, you have accounts primarily at TD Ameritrade. That's the custodian of the accounts. That's where your assets are held. There's an independence between us, the investment advisor, and your, your financial planners, and TD Ameritrade. They're not telling us to sell a certain product or do this or that. They are independent from us as the advisor. Yeah, and with that, I think it's important to understand, too, that uh, should we ever find the need to move uh, away from TD Ameritrade, uh, we can do that. Now, we can't do that without our, without our clients signing documents to do that. But the point is, we don't work for TD Ameritrade. They essentially work for us because if we wanted to go to Schwa- uh, uh, Fidelity or Schwab, uh, I almost said Schwedelity. I like Ooh. it. If there's ever a merger there... I want royalties on that name because <laughs> you should heard buy, the domain buy the domain name. Schwedelity. <laughs> Go daddy. So if we wanted to move, we can. So that gives us an example of our independence. And so what we mean by that ultimately is, as, as Mitch was uh, the example he gave, there's nobody, there's no firm above us. There's no firm that sits above Walkner Condon Financial Advisor saying, sell this, do this, um, you know, uh, qualify for this contest, whatever it might be. Uh, we're free to kind of move in the direction we want to move. And that is the cleanest, in our opinion, structure for a financial advisory firm because you know exactly who you are talking to when you talk to us uh, and you have great confidence that uh, we're not being manipulated or or, um, suggested to go one way or the other because of some overarching company. Um, This also exists in in the life insurance world. Clint, give us an example of what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, there's captive agencies that, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, if it says, okay, just say it this way. If your uh, insurance agency is blank, blank, mutual life, it probably means that they have agents. And those agents are highly compensated for selling um, whole life products or other products associated with it. So, you know, we've done a couple podcasts on kind of conflicts of interest in our industry. And so what we try to do is 
lower the conflicts of interest, um, minimize those as much as we possibly can. And that's why we're fee-only fiduciaries for all of our clients now. Um, you know, we've tried to minimize that as much as possible. It doesn't mean that there aren't good advisors out there that are more life insurance oriented or that, you know, we don't like same thing with the wirehouses. There are good Merrill Lynch and Morgan Stanley, you know, brokers and financial advisors out there too. I mean, it's not that that ultimately is a reason why you shouldn't hire them, but, uh, we believe that our structure gives us the limited conflicts of interest. Um, you know, we can never say no conflicts of interest, but I would say limited conflicts of interest rather to others, uh, rather, you know, when you compare it to other structure. So, um, I do have one suggestion for you, Nate, because I know that, that, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about titles and different things like that. And I think that you should rename your title as CEO of good times or something like that. Right. Wow. That's your, that's your favorite type of thing I know. Yeah. The creative titling, you know, chief fun officer. I mean, what are we doing? Seriously. That's <laughs> gets ridiculous sometimes when I see that. I almost can't deal with, with, uh, with some of that you see, and it's unfortunate because again, it's just it, it. What does it even mean? It's just it's so ridiculous. Or VP, like how many VPs are running around out there in the world? Lots. That's a bank thing. Holy, that is cow. a total bank thing. Every person that works in our industry is a VP of something. You're like, are you a VP? Actually, that's what Jonathan first titled himself as. Is VP. Right. I think we have I a little bit more facto. legitimately. I think we could say that in a more legitimate way because there's only four of us in the entire organization. So, <laughs> and there was only one VP here. So that that I think has a little bit more to it than, you know, the typical 85 VPs that are running around in a 90-person office. But um, Which that's another interesting thing. I'm going to interrupt you there because coming from Merrill Lynch Bank of America, you look around any Merrill Lynch office around the country and there'd be a number. It could be it could be 6, 12, 15 different VPs just in one office. I don't know how many were in Madison here, but that title, it could be first vice president or just vice president. And it really, it's linked to the amount of assets under management primarily, that and experience. So it's one of those things that if you get to a certain level as far as the, the assets that you're managing and advising on, that could earn you that new title. So that's just something I wanted to point out because that's another thing where it could be kind of confusing to some people. I've actually heard people come to me and say like, whoa, there's a, a vice president you know, right there in, in the Madison office. Well, yeah, there's six more too, probably right down the the aisle. Yeah, it, it goes without saying that you know if you're going to be well informed, it's up it's upon you to ask questions. You need to really dive into, you know, where does somebody's title come from? And explain to me why how you got that title, and explain to me what it means. And you know, so if you start to ask a lot of questions and you're not getting straight answers, it's a pretty good indication that um, either you're dealing with somebody that has somewhat of what we like to refer to as kind of a fictitious title or something that just doesn't mean anything. And as Clint alluded to before, um, us just calling ourselves financial advisors really to us was the cleanest, simplest way to say, this is what we do. We advise on finance. I mean, if you kind of say it backwards, that's what we do, right? And so um, when you're seeing titles like that out in the industry, um, you know, be a little concerned as to uh, to what that is if somebody can't give you a straight answer. Yeah, and I think there's a little trend too, uh, you know, for the, the last title that I want to touch on is really that a lot of people have been calling themselves wealth advisors or wealth managers now. And, uh, you know, I don't mind that. Um, I have no issue with that title. And I, I can't say that our firm will never be, uh, you know, called that at any point or we might, might not change our titles. But, um, you know, I, I think that that's something that's that's looking at a higher upstream or higher net worth type of client, there's that perception out there. And I don't think that that's necessarily correct. 
um, a financial advisor could advise on clients that have uh, multiple millions of dollars of wealth and, and also help somebody that has 10 grand. And, and same thing with wealth advisor or wealth manager. So I wouldn't be, uh, you know, I wouldn't have your have a preconceived notion if you had somebody that had that. I, th- I think that that's why we also have called ourselves Walkner Condon Financial Advisors versus Walkner Condon Wealth Managers. I mean, um, the perception out in the in the ethos might be that a wealth manager has a higher net worth client than a financial advisor, and I don't necessarily think that's the case. I just think it uh, it kind of helps to underline the again just that further step. You know, that idea of wealth advisor. I mean, that ten years ago, I mean, we didn't hear that. That was that was not something that was used all that often, if if it was used at all. Right. Um, and you know, private client is the other one that I'm seeing yeah, more and more too. Right. Whatever right. happened to broker? Yeah, it was just funny because I was just going to touch on that briefly here before we close. That you know, the idea of stock broker. Boy, that is. It's not cash. It's not is, very. Doesn't have any cash it's anymore. Nineteen eighty six and double breasted suits and. Uh, Maybe we'll see a trend back that way. I kind of like a good stockbroker, like a good little Gordon Gecko that you'd go hire. Like <laughs> I have, I have no issue with that guy who's gonna look like that. Like in a week, get, is that where you're going? That's I don't. Point? Well, you know. Okay, so in a week, I'm going to uh, uh, J P Morgan. They have an ETF conference, and I'm going to that, and I actually get to go to the J.P. Morgan building, and I'm excited about this and, and because I i don't do, like, Wall Street-y things. Like, this isn't – our firm isn't Wall Street. And that's what's kind of weird about it. So I get to go to, like, J.P. Morgan, and, and I think Jamie Dimon might even speak there, and I'm excited about that. But I got to wear business professional attire. I haven't done that in years, wearing business professional for a couple days. Did so. you leave that suit out in the woods after that picture? I <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a reference that's a good call to uh, like that, that is a good call out. It's a reference <laughs> to a photo, an, an ill-advised photo that we took about five minutes after opening the firm, where we decided to take professional pictures out in the woods. Yeah, uh, it made about as much sense as nothing. So that's a good call out by Mitch. We'll uh, we'll be stung by that one for a little while. But uh, I was going to say that Clint should uh, he should go out there and he should wear a shirt with a, or a, t- a suit with a t-shirt on underneath it and tell him to you know stick the tuxedo shirt. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Here's your professional attire. <laughs> Here you go, Mr. Diamond. Here you go, Wall Street. Here's your professional attire. Now we hope this uh, gave you a little bit more insight in terms of the industry. We realize it's not the sexiest topic uh, under the sun, but at the same time, we're just seeing um, you know way too many titles floating on out there and way too many people calling themselves too many things and. And uh, a, a fair amount of confusion from the general public around what does this mean? What does that mean? And, and so um, please take away this, if nothing else, that the title itself generally means what the advisor wanted it to mean. If it sounds a little bit too frilly, that's probably a, there's a reason why. If it sounds like it's made up, there's probably a reason behind that. So ask questions, understand why your advisor is doing what they're doing. Um, and, and above all else, um, if you can go the idea of, uh, independent, um, you know, fiduciary standard, uh, advice, that's, that's ultimately in our opinion where you want to land. So we appreciate you listening and we will be back soon with another installment of Tell Me Some Truth. You gotta leave your money behind you. Raise your hand to the sky.
Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of the investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.